The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Massage Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Adkins, along with Jorge Cisneros, our producer, and our expert and guru in the massage industry, Elaine Kalenda. We are a little podcast getting the word out about massage, everything about massage, types of body work, types of issues that massage can help, continuing education, taxes, and on and on, it seems. We've had our, again, we're on episode 17, and we never seem to not have anything to talk about in the Mm -hmm. massage world, and that's wonderful. Today, we've decided to talk about TMJ, temporomandibular joint disorders, and how, what it is, how we get it, um, how it affects our lives, and um, how we can remedy the situation with massage and body work. And um, it seems like no matter where we end up with any type of body work, I think the word stress always comes into play. And it looks as though this is also the type of condition that stress can cause. If you'd like to contact us, please send a voicemail or a text message at 303-656-9860. Any type of questions, anything you want to say, you can also find us at massagepodcast.com. You can contact us, us, of course, on our contact page. Come chat with us live during live recordings and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter. Elaine, let's talk about TMJ today. Okay. Well, we did get a question, Dawn, so let's see what that's about today. Oh, we um, have a question yeah, from Yeah, we Facebook. have a question on Facebook from, a, let's put it out in front here, from uh, Lawrence from Los Angeles, California. Thank you, Lawrence. And he writes, uh, I have a quick question for the show. Any tips for a massage student who is trying to get an externship or internship, you know, at a hospital or chiropractic office. So, Lawrence, um, yes, actually, I have uh, a couple of ideas for you. One is to arm yourself with facts and statistics, because that's what they always want to see. They want to see, well, why should I have a massage therapist here at all? And those wonderful facts and statistics are available on websites of uh, ABMP and AMTA. And AMTA has a, uh, a fact sheet uh, for just about every year, they put out this fact sheet, and in there it talks about the e- efficacy of massage in hospitals, the efficacy of massage in, um, in different um, medical settings, if that's what your, uh, your interest is. So arm yourself with those types of things before going in. Make several copies, some things that you can leave with the doctor, or the, you may have to go through the receptionist. And if you get in good with them, usually uh, whatever you want will get through to the doctor. And uh, you can do that also at any time if you'd like to contact Aspen Sullivan. Aspen Sullivan is the gal at our school, Boulder College of Massage Therapy, who who arranges for our outreach program. So she's in touch with uh, people all the time trying to get our students to work in various um, hospitals, clinics, and and with private persons in, who are homebound here in the Boulder area. So she may have some good tips for you. She's very open to speaking to anybody who's interested. And you can reach her at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. And the telephone number there is 303-530-2100. And just ask for Aspen Sullivan, or uh, I think we have a, that voicemail thing that you can just punch in her extension and leave her a message i'm sure she'll be glad to give you any tips that she can okay lawrence so i hope that helps and good luck to you also lawrence you know when it comes to an externship or internship 
it's not about money and it's about learning. And I, I imagine most chiropractors and anybody, they're all always willing to help and always uh, willing to share their information. So find, um, I'd start with somebody you know and go from there or somebody you know that has a chiropractor that they really enjoy. Maybe make an appointment or call and uh, explain what you'd like to do. So good luck with that, Lawrence. Um, and Yeah, more yeah. power to you. I mean, yeah. as soon as you start providing the wonderful powers of touch and healing and wherever you end up, I'm, I'm sure that um, they'll see the benefit of it and hopefully hire you on after you graduate if, uh, if that works out. All right. So uh, thank you for your questions. Please, folks, uh, send us questions anytime you want. We'll do our best to answer them to your satisfaction. And if you've got the question, it's a good chance that other people are interested in the same uh, type of information. So TMJ, yeah. Uh, you know, TMJ means men- temp- temporal mandibular joint, and it has become the catchphrase or the common uh, way that people describe this condition. But, of course, TMJ to us is just the joint. It's not the condition. So it is it is better to say uh, temporal mandibular joint disease, disorder, dysfunction. So that's where the D comes in. And it's huge, Don, Jorge, right? I mean, we've all seen our share of people who uh, come in, and a lot of times they don't even realize that they have really tight muscles in their jaw, and especially those deep ones within inside the mouth, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it's huge um, stress, yeah, and uh, and and people can develop all kinds of symptoms that they may not attribute to having a tight jaw, such as well. Let's let's first. What exactly is a a a temporomandibular joint disorder. What does that mean? Like if someone comes in okay. and, and they're saying, I have TMJ. So what, is, what does that okay, mean well for if, people? Yeah, if they, if they've been diagnosed or they know that they have it, their jaw clicks, sometimes it locks, they have difficulty eating certain foods because they have to, it requires you to open your mouth wider, you know, like lots of American foods that we enjoy, um, hot dogs, hamburgers, um, but things especially that crunch, you know, nachos, um, chips, big chip eaters in, in the United States. And um, and it causes it can cause sharp pain in the jaw itself. Uh, like I said, it can create other symptoms, headaches, ear aches, nasal congestion associated with that. And a lot of time TMJ can be connected to things way far away like, you know, um, poor arches, uh, wearing poor footwear, um, the way you walk if you're a stomper. You know, that reverberates, it's got to reverberate through the skeleton, it's got to end up somewhere, and oftentimes it ends up, uh, you know, sitting and creating tension in the cranium and face. Um, There are many causes of TMJ, including, you know, when you're a kid and you've had a lot of dental work, so you had braces, orthodontic work, and you had to have your mouth open a lot, and those dental chairs, and and just the discomfort and pain associated with uh, having to have dental work. So that has been, for many people, a, a cause, at least a, an original tension pattern that sets up. So besides a dental issue, uh, an oral issue, some people have maybe overbites or uh, funky or disfiguration or something in their teeth mm-hmm. that's creating um, them to be unable to open and close their mouth properly. in a way yeah. mm-hmm. properly. Would you say that uh, TMJ is solely a soft tissue um, problem that can always be addressed by, with massage therapy? Yeah, even when it's um, caused by trauma and now it's no longer just soft tissue, it's also involving perhaps, you know, uh, before the seatbelt thing was really in, uh, enforced, a lot more people went through car windshields. This is what I used to say yeah. in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> we, used to see, we used to see those people all the time that say, yeah, I was in a car accident, I went through the windshield. Uh, you know, they go through that windshield face first. You would come in, they'd have like, they would have had like, you know, I broke 26 bones in my face, things like that. So that type of trauma too, of course, uh, uh, as well as certain sports, getting hit with ball, a ball, getting hit with a hockey puck. I mean, these types of things are, cause a great deal of injury to the jaw. And your classic whiplash, uh, the TMJ uh, disorder is caused... And, and whiplash or cervical strain go hand in hand. I mean, uh, you can hardly have one without the other. I see um, a lot of clients, I, I, a lot of them who come in and say, ah, I've got TMJ. 
um, they are very stressed again. And they're, I see it's, is which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are they clenching their jaw and sending that shoulder, sending that tension down into their shoulders, creating tension in the jaw and it goes back or it goes round and round. I see it a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, they're, um, it's funny when you, they don't realize it until you point it out to them. Oh, so clench your jaw and you can feel it in your head. You can feel it in the masseter. So you feel that in the back of your neck. You feel that? You feel that in your, yeah. your shoulder. It's, um, yeah, the trigger points are, are just exploding in there. Right. So that <laughs> when you work on the, the devil's triangle, you know, the, the Bermuda triangle, the scaling, interscaling triangle, as you're working and, and hitting trigger points in the scalings, they're, they're telling you, oh, I feel that in my jaw. I feel that in my ear. I, um, I, a, a chiropractor, Stephen Mellis, who we had on the show a few weeks back, he, uh, was working with me this week and he was working on my, um, what did it, what did he, the levator scapula area. And it, I felt, I felt a vault in my brain. I felt a, my, the, the soft tissue inside my skull on the one side. Mm. It was incredible. You know, he was out of town for a few weeks. What can I say? Mm. So I had to catch up on that. But yeah, all, let me now, all of our fascia, we're just related. Everything's related through fascial networks. And um, yeah, people are really surprised when you, like working here in the in the canine fossa right in the cheek area and you go down there and you start to feel all these nodules in there and they're like wow i had no idea that i was so tight in the meantime they're coming to you and complaining that they have this chronic clicking the jaw gets stuck they can have a single click a double click it's very annoying and painful sometimes they'll feel a pain referring to the eyeball eye socket you know so uh, yeah, but but much more common than than you would think. I think it contributes to insomnia as well. I yeah. Now that's another thing. People say I have difficulty sleeping. You find that they have a tight jaw, mm -hmm. and then it's another one. Did it? Did you have trouble sleeping because you have a tight jaw, or mm -hmm. did you, you have start? A tight jaw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the thing that the dentist will say is, well, you need a night guard. Okay, mm -hmm. otherwise you're gonna. You're going to gnaw away at your teeth surfaces mm -hmm. and you're going to develop gingivitis and gum disease and and you're going to lose your teeth. But that's happening when you say because of the pain spasm pain cycle type of thing. Yes, the, absolutely. At night, it's, yeah, the jaw's clenching, continues to clench. Maybe not just clenching too, but bruxism, mm -hmm. which is that, uh, you know, gnawing and gnashing mm -hmm. of the teeth and, and you wearing down the surfaces mm -hmm. of your enamel surfaces of your teeth. You can only go so far with that. Plus... Um, people have also a lot of tension in the tongue. And do you ever get a client that they're pressing their tongue against the roof of the mouth so much mm -hmm. that you can no longer feel a, a ridge or opening here? This is hard underneath the chin. And that my, myohyoid muscle, uh, the, the mylohyoid muscle, the, the digastric muscles get really tight in there and you start to work underneath there to show them that you're trying to massage the muscle that connects the, the connection of the tongue. And they're like, wow, why is that so tight? You know, and that, that constant pressure of the tongue against the roof of the mouth also causes the gums to recede, which causes, uh, you know, bacteria to get in there and you start getting gum disease. So, hey, I know all this because I've been through it myself. And the first bite plate that I had made would cost $400. And I hear that they're up to like five, $600 now. This is incredible for a piece of plastic. I don't know where he went to get it. But, you know, and how many people it took to make this mold of my teeth. But the thing is, I had it for a couple of years. And a friend of mine thought, you know, didn't realize it was in a paper towel and threw it out. There was no way that I was going to pay another $400 for it. Because now you can go to the Walgreens, the drugstore, and you can get one of these $27 plates that you make your own. And the one that I made for myself is far more comfortable and much nicer than that. So, like I'm saying, even though I know how to relax and do self-massage at night, this the head trauma that I had in my 20s is still reverberating in my body that I have a tendency to clench. Not like I used to, certainly not like that. Um, and things are much better, but I still feel like I should wear it because I don't want to lose my teeth. And at the same time, um, uh, we interviewed on our, on our DVD on TMJ a woman who had so much trouble eating that she was actually uh, suffering from malnutrition. It was so painful for her to chew. My friend um, Al Eckhart worked with her for, uh, I think, six sessions 
or something like that, and he did some intraoral work with her, and uh, she was fine. So imagine, this is another area, another untapped area for massage therapists, dentistry. Wouldn't it be nice to go to the dentist and have a chair massage either before or after? I would Uh, absolutely love that. That experience? There's a few out there that do it, um, but I, I, um, I don't think... Dentists are quite ready to have a full-time massage therapist that they, someone else they have to pay that's not really making them money. But I know. Well, this is where we need to work with insurance and, and perhaps just do some research and look at the research to show how, you know, I mean, what do you think would happen? Again, be armed. Mm-hmm. Right. But what do you think would happen if you, uh, if you got chair massage, like right after, either before, if you have anxiety about being in the chair mm-hmm. and or, you know, five minutes before and five minutes after. Imagine the difference it would make to go to the dentist. Yeah, I definitely for some uh, specific treatments. I certainly wouldn't want to root, uh, massage after my wisdom teeth being pulled. But uh, yes, definitely before. I think that's a great idea. Well, I mean, just general <laughs> dentistry, like you go to get your teeth cleaned. Clean, yeah. Uh, and um, they, they find cavity. A, a cavity in this. So, you know, you hear that drill going. Just the sound of that is like sends a lot of people into a state of terror. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that I think we should be. And, you know, I went to get my teeth clean one time. My dental hygienist said, oh, you guys do interoral work. Um, um, You know, was just doing massage therapy. And she said, boy, I'd like to know how to do that. So I sat there in five minutes, showed her. You know how to work the pterygoid muscle and how to use like a tongue depressor to relax the the cheek muscles and everything. And she was totally impressed. I thought, well, that maybe that could just be something that they learn how to do instead of just diving in there, you know. Anyway, dentists are trying to gain some respect and, um, you know, um, and they have a bad rep. That's, you know, I mean, dentistry is so important. But I know dentists are saying things like, well, um, people don't want to come in because they're afraid of a scolding. There's a lady in here in Longmont that she advertises, we will not tell you off for not being to a dentist in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a great advertising yeah. thing. I mean, I just want to go meet her because I think she'll be nice to me and she won't scold me for not having my teeth cleaned. Nothing bums me out more than, than anything. That. I know. I mean, so, I'm actually getting myself in there and they're lecturing me or scolding me for not... Yeah. It's been so, so long. she advertises that she, they're not going to do that That's there. That's a and beautiful it's, thing. I bet she's getting a lot of uh, patience just because they they feel like they'll go in there. It's been like four years and their teeth are all rotten and they, don't, <laughs> and they know they need to have something done, but they don't want to hear it. That says something to us, too. I think <clears throat> there's been a few moments myself where I've caught myself scolding someone. You know, you haven't <laughs> been here in a year or... Well, if you're not stretching, you know, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I don't know. You can scold. It's easy to scold people. I never scold anyone. I think it's awful. And it just backfires anyway. It makes your jaw really tight, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, I know, but there are people I've seen them scold people in this house. Oh, that's just terrible. Who do they think they are anyway? Nobody's perfect. Uh, so going back to um, the jaw, and think of all the, the things we've got here, the causes, trauma we've mentioned, cranial misalignments. You've got that stress, muscle tone imbalance. How many people, and you know you're out there listening, how many people just chew mostly on one side? That's one of the most common causes of of TMJ disorders right there. Okay, so throw the food over to the other side once in a while. Now, the thing is, a lot of people, you say that to them, and they'll say, well, I got a cavity. I got a painful spot on that side. That's why I don't chew on that side. Well, enough said about that. I think it's pretty obvious what you need to do there. Uh, again, hopefully your dentist has a massage therapist that'll help you get back in the chair. And it's probably just a little thing you can have fixed. Chew on both sides equally. Postural dysfunction. Did you know that, Don? Jorge, postural dysfunction can lead to TMJ. Now, how the heck do you think that's possible? Well, I, I know that uh, if you're, let's say you have an elevated right side, elevated right hip. Can you see that? Yep. And it affects your neck. and So you're going to lead with your, you know, it's got to go somewhere, this tension. Yeah. And so let's say if you tilt your head to the right and chew or talk or something, that jaw kind of goes wicky-wacky. Yeah, you're going to be hitting that right harder. Yep, you're going to be hitting that right harder. You're making up for something because it's kind of awkward to talk like this. It looks really so, funny, too. <laughs> yeah. Just just like talking over the phone. Talking so over the phone. People who spend hours and they don't have a headset mm-hmm. and they're just in Bending. this position mm-hmm. and talking. 
bending yeah. to the right and that it like and then the other way too uh, if i am talking on the phone that i find i'm hiking my hip then we have they both definitely work together yeah and also then we mentioned before flat arches mm-hmm. flat arches are you know uh gonna work their way up through the system and uh, bounce you around and um malocclusion was that malocclusion you mentioned that don is uh having a bite that's off mm-hmm. okay and then pathology of the joint itself uh, as an option. There are others, I'm sure. Um, there is um, some really good. There are some really good books out there about TMJ, and I'm, you know, now of course I'm mentioning it. One is called "Face the Pain," and it's by a doctor. I think his name is Stratland. I'll put it on the website on our website. It's a fantastic book, and this is a doctor who's I think out of Ohio. He's written a couple of books about TMJ, and he's a proponent of massage therapy. Thank you, doctor. He um, believes highly in the in the f- efficacy of massage therapy, massotherapy, as they call it out there in Ohio. Hey, Ohio. Um, and um, and it's written right there in his book, and I was just so thrilled to see it. I use his book a lot when I uh, when somebody asks me, "Is there a good book about TMJ?" I'll say, well, here they are. And I keep them in my office and I forgot to bring them here today. But uh, I'll post those on our website later on this afternoon. Uh, You know, the temporomandibular joint is a synovial joint. Uh, So, you know, it really is like the same type of functioning joint. This is the most interesting thing. You can go on YouTube now, of course. And and if you put in uh, temporomandibular joint movement, you will probably find that you're surprised to see that this joint is like it's a disc and it actually moves back and forth in your in your head okay so now imagine if that's off because your bite is off or for any of the reasons we just discussed the joint leaks fluid out like any other joint it suffers from osteoarthritic changes and then you start to get the clicks and this is what people really find annoying because it's so close to your ear that the click is loud and sometimes it can be heard by another person. So this um, joint moves back and forth. And as it gets worn out, it can start to really cause a bone-on-bone effect. And this is when it might actually require some surgical intervention. So that, that would be the worst case scenario there. Uh, the major muscles that are involved, as we mentioned before, pterygoid, which is a funny spelled muscle, starts with a P, a silent P there, pterygoid. And there's a what the one that comes from... Um, the angle of the mandible and shoot straight up into the base of your head and your skull, the medial pterygoid, and then the lateral pterygoid, which is deep to the masseter muscle. All of these muscles are, are key muscles to work on and to teach your clients how to do self-massage. Have, have you found that's helpful, Don? I, absolutely. I was sitting here thinking as you were talking about everything, there are, and I mentioned insomnia the uh, earlier, I have moments where I wake up and I I just I can't sleep and I feel like my shoulders are in my head and my everything is really tight everything is really tight and I will um, have found that if I massage self-massage the everything you can massage your own jaws especially the sides of your head temporalis yes the temporalis and back here get in the occiputs really get up in there and in that little groove what do we call that again the the one where the bone sticks out, Don. Right the there. external occipital protuberance. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay. Right in there, get yeah. the get the fascia. You can exactly. kind of push up in there, mm-hmm. and then even all over. And then you get into your temples too. And oh, that looks good. We're doing self massage. Yeah, and then Ugh. you can kind of rub your shoulders a little bit too. And then sometimes too, what happens? I I see a, this a lot too. There's there's tension in the arms as well. Tension really builds up in the in the bicep. And that's also, I, I don't know which one, which one's first. Right, right. But Makes your I know chest it's tight in there. And there mm-hmm. it is, yeah. But I find that we're really working the biceps and the triceps. And you can do that yourself a little bit, kind of get in there. And and that relaxes a lot too. And then you can get down into your forearms as well. And so where you want to start, I'd start your forearms, kind of work your way up, boom. Or start Yeah, if you've got down. a pain going, you mm-hmm. start in your but, head. You know, especially for massage therapists, you know, a lot of tension builds up in that in our forearm muscles mm-hmm. and um i my little routine involves the arms and the head and the back and the neck and the jaw and i find 
so much relief. And I think just too, just being aware, bringing my focus away from the fact that I'm not sleeping, mm-hmm. helping myself relax. It's amazing. I, I'll go right to sleep mm-hmm. after I'm done. About 15, 20 minutes of doing something like that. And we teach our clients uh, how to do self-massage. Oh, yeah. yeah. I tell them all the time. Yeah. Um, I think people forget. So I will write on a we, I'll write on a card or a piece of paper, kind of in fancy letters. I'll say, put this next to your bed. If you, if you wake up and you can't sleep, remember to rub your head. Yeah, there's <laughs> something you can do about it. There's something, you know, and this is, uh, again, we're always trying to empower our clients and our patients um, with uh, some things they can do for themselves. So I show them pictures of where these muscles are. And <clears throat> I ask their permission. I, I make sure that I really explain to them with my little skull, you know, exactly what interoral work is all about. And I give them a time, at least 10 or 20 minutes to think about it before just barging in there because that is, you know, not a good thing to do. Because uh, they might say yes and then feel sorry that they did a few minutes later. It can be intense for some people. Even, mm-hmm. even when you soften your hands and don't do anything, that first time is like, uh, it can be quite painful. Like a subscap moment. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I do. I, I In fact, when I was doing clinic supervision a lot at the school, I'd run into a room and then a person would be, I could just see them, you know, to say they have a temporomandibular joint problems, they have had a whiplash, and then I ask them if they've ever had, um, you know, deep facial work or interoral work, and they said no, and then I tell them a little bit about it. Then I go around and do a, a, a supervise a few more rooms, and I come back into the room, I say, now you've had a chance to think about it, would you like me to, you know, try one or two spots, see if it'll help, and I have the gloves in my pocket, and I'm ready to go, and I put on some gloves, and and get in there and, and just very gently show them where these areas are. And um, and most of the time, uh, it's really an explosive realization for the person. And they really are quite amazed at how much expansion they start to feel. Not just in the jaw, but a lot of times in the throat, in that, mm-hmm. in that anterior neck area. I've had people get up and say, I, I feel really weird. And uh, it's because of ex- exactly what you described at that Right there after doing the work there. They're not sure what to do with that space at first. Exactly. Yeah. So I've had yeah. a, I've had two people kind of walk away going. That's the look. Yeah. They're like, oh they, my God, uh, what just happened to me? They feel, look. I think they want to feel violated, but they don't or uh-huh. something. Right. And then they come back. Oh, I felt so much better. But yeah. it's, I always worry a little bit when they walk out with that look on their face. And even though I've done everything I had could to make them feel comfortable and there's that startled ready. look. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> Whoa. Well, there's that. And then, you know, um, uh, then uh, right away I, I give them a, a tongue depressor to take home with them. Let me put the tongue depressor in the side of the cheek and stretch mm-hmm. it, stretch the tongue out because yeah. a lot of times they have uh, tension in the tongue. Yeah. And um, and then I teach them how to do the interoral work themselves. You ever get this one? They look up at you and say, really? I can do that myself? Yeah. <laughs> this is so crazy. That's... Why do people do this in well, our society? it's Why? important for us, I think, for all of us, especially in the alternative realm to help people empower themselves to better health. Yeah, that they have. Well, it's they empowerment. Take it into their own hands. But, yeah. and, and empowerment is ownership. Yeah, I say yes, darling. It's your body. You can do whatever you want with it. And one question for you: What about people with uh, serious gag reflex? Oh, gag reflex. Oh, yeah. We we get them. You know, uh, of course. And and in those cases, well, um, especially for the medial pterygoid you gotta imagine where you have to go you have to go clear the bottom row of teeth and i ask them to push their tongue to one side to the opposite side and then you've got to very uh stealthfully but at the same time quickly slide down um just beyond those bottom teeth now if they really hold their tongue off to the side the other way they should be okay now if they the minute they the other thing is once you reach that pterygoid you may have to wait for that sublingual gland to recite a little bit and get out of your way. So it takes some patience. In the meantime, you can tell them you can swallow. You can swallow. If they know they can swallow, it makes it better for them. You see, but if they're trying like collecting that spit in their mouth, that's one of the reasons why they'll mm-hmm. gag. Now there are some people that that it just doesn't work, and so for them, I encourage them to. I show them how to do it to themselves and how to get in there, and then they're going to gag a lot less when they're doing that themselves. 
And also to not even get anywhere near the throat. You have to really be off to the side for that not to happen. Have you ever come across somebody who's had their jaw wired shut for a, a period of time? What ha- what happens then? They they come out. They would I imagine they would have to be very care- careful, but due to atrophy, yeah, and um, trying not to definitely chew on one side because they're going to really develop one side or the other, mm-hmm. and creating some TMJ maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a terrible thing, but and when they're done with that, it's a chance to start over like you say, and develop really good habits. But the atrophy and the, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, several times, many times I've worked with people who've had their jaw wired and either worked with them through that time, which makes things better. You can do that after a certain period of, like after, how how long after their jaw's been wired shut? Well, can you? well after the, you know, it depends on the trauma that they had that mm. caused it. But in those accidents, people used to have, you know, going through, a lot more trauma to the face and head, and just working with their face um, gently, facial cranial work all the way through that six weeks or so that they've had to have until the fractures heal. That's a great time to work with That's people. That's a good point, too. I know I, a lot of people, for, especially when you first, when I first was out of school, I wanted to tackle everybody and everything, every problem out there. I learned sure. so much that first year, and um, it's... Uh, Again, if you if you don't know what to do, gentle touch. Gentle touch. I that's love right. that. Yes. There's always something you can do. Yeah, I love that. And maybe if you can't touch that area, work their hands. There's work, work area on their feet. Get Working on the feet and legs is so relaxing for the rest the of the body. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, I never turn anyone away. Like my friend Gail McDonald says, uh, you, there's no reason why you can't work on anybody except if they're still radioactive. Correct. <laughs> you know, you might want to wait. A little bit uh, for that. But there's always something that a trained massage therapist can do. There's always something that a considerate, kind person with a healing, uh, with a healing um, bent can do with another person. You don't even have to be skilled to make someone feel better. You put your hands on them for Pete's sake, you know. You know, that I, I, I always mention that because that um, big study that was done by Marlene Smith et al., over there at the Denver School of Nursing, they did an end-of-life study, and they had, um, I think they were working with a cooperative of hospices around the United States, I believe. Uh, about 450 people were in that as part of that study. I think that <clears throat> the control group did not receive any touch at all. Another group received what she called still touch, where anybody... No, not a massage therapist would just put their hands and they you know, had the egg timer there, three minutes here, three minutes here, all the way down the body. And then the other group received what she called moving touch or Swedish massage. The two groups that received touch both did better than the, than the group that didn't receive any touch at all. Now, are we surprised? Of course not. So it doesn't really matter how fancy your techniques are. Uh, if you're touching somebody in a loving, caring, compassionate way, they're going to feel more human, more loved, more respected, and, and their bodies are going to work better for them. And so I said, yeah, but these people were all in hospice. They were, you know, uh, had terminal illnesses. I mean, what did you find most remarkable about the people who were touched? And she said, the most remarkable thing that I saw was that they 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 had an ease and a peace and a more uh, tranquil transition into death than the people who weren't touched. Come on, give me a break here. This is huge, you know? So it's the same with everything that we do. When somebody's gone through the car windshield or had a terrible trauma and they broke a lot of bones in their face, imagine between the disfigurement and the, and the pain, the, the horrible pain, um, putting your hands on that face again, when it, when they're when they're ready for it, you know, and just touching it uh, starts to make people feel like you know a little hopeful, like it's not the end of the world, like there's a chance that I may live again. You know, it builds up, uh, brings up their spirits a little bit. Do you know how uh, cranial sacral? Do you perform cranial sacral? Does I, that I, work well with you? Basically trained with cranial sacral, and for me in my practice, it's all I've ever needed was basic mm-hmm. because it's so powerful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but no, I was trained in what I was talking about cranial work. It was cranial manipulation, which I learned from the osteopaths that I worked with back in in New York, and when I was in full time practice, 
And these were cranial manipulations based on uh, the French and uh, uh, the French, primarily French uh, physicians that developed a lot of the cranial manipulation. It's actually a manipulation technique of the cranial bones themselves, facio-cranial. So working with the, the maxilla a lot, working with the, the eyeballs. And you know that when you look at somebody, everybody's got a little bit of something um, asymmetrical faces, you know. And in our, cl- in our medical massage class, a lot of times they'll say, okay, today we're going to work on facial for facial disfigurements and people have had trauma to the face. And we look at each other square on and I say, okay, now look at your partner. Which eye is higher? Which eye, you know, is the, the nostrils are slightly two different sizes. You know, nobody's perfect, right? And when they are perfect, they're almost painful to look at. You know, <laughs> you ever see people like that? They're like so pretty, it's hurt, it hurts to look at them. Well, you've seen where they take one side of your face and they, uh, they match your right side with your right side of your face and it's very strange looking. Yeah, it's like, who is that? And then you're a different person with the left side. Totally <laughs> yeah. different person. Exactly, or they, when you see your photograph of yourself reversed, you see it in the negative? It's yeah. like, that's me, but it doesn't look like me. It's okay. Weird. So we're looking at the face and then we do some facial um, manipulations of the muscles there and to even out the eye. Wow, her eyes are even now. See, if somebody's broken their nose, we work with the nasal bone, the nasal septum, and, and occasional, occasionally using a glove uh, finger, uh, pinky, usually we work inside the nostrils. And we can actually change the shape of somebody's face just by manipulating, moving the, the adipose tissue around a little bit. Now, it may be temporary, but for that individual, it's going to feel good for that time. And uh, over time, some permanent, good permanent changes can take place there. But for those of us who aren't that advanced in the body work, <laughs> does cranial sacral work, though? Or do you know? Cranial sacral? Cranial sacral work. Of course it works. Yeah. But it goes beyond just moving the muscles of the face around it it works on your soul mm, yeah you know it's much much deeper and how it uh, craniosacral work to me is like um a combination of uh postural alignment that goes down to the cellular level and rebirthing okay mm-hmm. it's like real deep stuff real uh powerful and like I say, I, I've used it, but not extensively, okay. not like Doug Jones or, you know, my right. teacher or, you know, these people who do this all the time. Um, but I, I find that when I do use it, I only have to do a little bit. And it's very powerful. It's like super concentrated uh, um, body work. Well, and I know I know just enough to be dangerous myself. <laughs> and so I, I you hear that people yep, yeah. just enough to be dangerous. <clears throat> but the very the, I keep it down to the of just the very basic with just holding the back of the head and the forehead just with no intention whatsoever, just holding it there. And without me even thinking about anything, I'm just re- trying just except relaxing myself. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that they've had very powerful experiences and. And I think, okay, that's great. That's because you were doing it right, Dawn. We're well, not just, suppo- you're not you supposed just, to try and do no, anything. You're not that's to, the whole idea. But of I, I had someone do that, so I found it very comforting. So I just kind of add that at the end of my work without any intention whatsoever. And people really respond to it. They really relax. And again, it's that touch. It's the intention, which was nothing usually on my part. But well, uh, you know, you've but had still a, you're holding your hand yeah. there, and mm-hmm. it's really nice. And yeah. Um, Again, if you don't know what to do, just touch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should have Doug on the show because he 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 does a really good job of explaining how what your job is to do is to learn how to sit. Yeah, sit at a massage table. He's got a whole class <clears throat> or two of just okay. You're not sitting at the massage table as best in the in a, you know in the optimal way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. I've been in this, I'm in 25 years now. You're going to tell me I don't know how to sit at massage table, you know? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I didn't. Mm -hmm. So that was really a great learning uh, experience. I remember in class, this was while we were in school, Clint Chandler, I'll never forget, he said to me, or he said to all of us, and it was one of those things I heard and stuck, and he said, sometimes you have to wait, and sometimes you have to wait much longer than you think you have to wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you keep waiting as far as body work and movement and myofascial release and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's one of the, I don't want to say mistakes, but one of the learning um, thing, things that we go through 
we feel like we get to know a lot, a lot of technique. And um, one of the, some of the hardest things for me to learn was to to wait, to wait, and just put your hands. Is on Is that the what body you meant by sit, or you mean how to sit, sit. Cor- properly, sit at the table, or sit with your client? It's like um, is that what you, you meant? Yes. yes, it's like when you sit when you're learning how to golf, and they say address the ball. Yes, there's that pause. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can you know everyone's centered. Yeah, yep. pull yourself together. Yep. And then that, when you said <clears throat> not paying attention, it's the same thing in that trauma-releasing exercises, too, that it, you're not supposed to pay attention. You're supposed to, you know, think about nothing, daydream a little bit, and your body then will start to be more active. When you shut that mind down a little, that's really when a lot of healing takes place, when we get our egos and Oh, what we're trying to do out absolutely. of the way. Absolutely. Well, the, you know, Brandon, we had last, Brandon Drew Lar, no, last our acupuncturist. Yeah. He's told me, and um, I've heard this from before, that children respond very miraculously to acupuncture because they have no agenda. Mm-hmm. And adults will often come in very intense. They, they have an agenda. This is how it's going to happen. But healing takes place maybe from around another corner or somewhere they're not prepared for and so it takes longer for adults to respond to acupuncture yeah. as far as children and that makes so much sense we should all... they don't know what to expect right and so that's almost so even better. yeah they get up walking woo mm-hmm. <laughs> so i thought that was a fun fabulous point all right well we'll finish up here with this um facial massage here's another thing and i, I have uh, had quite a few massages do you ever have a massage where the person works in your entire body including your feet and then finishes with your face Folks, I'm sorry, but I got a pet peeve about this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't, as clean as I am, especially before a massage, yeah. I don't want my foot on my face. Uh, I haven't really wanted that since I was an infant, and they used to reach each other. Um, but I don't, you know, I think that the face, if I'm going to work with the face or somebody who's had uh, whiplash or um, facial um, problems like we're talking about today, I want my hands to be really clean and smelling good. I don't want them to smell like garlic or the onions I chopped last night or whatever. They should smell neutral. Um, They should smell like nothing. The only thing that that person should experience in that room is your God-given hands and and their own face and not any, any of these things from outside. So nice, clean, dry hands. I don't slather on a lot of lotion or oil, certainly, because that can be very bad for the complexion and cause you to itch for the rest of the day or smudge up your makeup or whatever you've got going on. So really find out your client's likes and dislikes and discuss discuss things with them ahead of time. Then get your nice, clean, soft, wonderful uh, hands on them. And then the, the, the most gentle techniques are done on the face. The face is not deep. There's nothing deep about it. You get a deep tissue uh, massage on the face. It can be very, very damaging to the superficial nerves, especially that facial nerve, which innervates every muscle of expression in your face, and the the uh, trigeminal uh, nerve. These are very delicate, especially when there's a swelling in the area and there's not the muscle tone, as you mentioned before, is diminished. So please avoid doing deep facial work on anyone. Uh, because you can do more damage than good. Okay, so nice, clean, and gentle, vibratory massage around the uh, orbits. What else we do? Here we do a very nice routine. We do a continuous effleurage over the forehead that I learned in, 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 in uh, massage one, you know, in my first Swedish massage class, that is so relaxing, it kind of goes like this. It takes your whole head off your body. And it, it totally relaxed. We do a 12 or 15 or 20 of those. And it absolutely hypnotizes the person. It's one of the first things that I do to get them nice and calm. And it doesn't pull the hair or move the hair out of uh, place. So some people don't like their hair moved around. And then we get into the, uh, to that, again, the canine fossa. I don't know if you can see me, but if you open your mouth and you put your fingers straight back until you'll feel the, the masseter muscle. There is, there's a deep section to the masseter, masseter, <laughs> when you do it, it's hard not to say masseter, uh... <laughs> and then there's the superficial masseter. When you come at it from this angle, you can hit both of those, and boy, you'll find a, a treasure trove of little 
tight spots in there that you should patiently and and uh, patiently and gently get rid of because until you break up that um, garbage in there, you're going to have uh, continued problems. That'll take a few minutes, and then yes, you have to address the um, the orbital ridges. The um, what is it I'm thinking of here? The zygomatic ridge mm-hmm. up above and below the whole zygomatic ridge, and the temporalis muscle is huge. Uh, cervical traction is important um, um, all throughout the procedure, and then pressures on the on the sagittal sutures. Pressures on those sutures there will help not only in the moment, but it'll help prevent that post massage headache. Okay, mm-hmm. and then of course the scalenes and and whatever else is directed by the person's health history and their own trauma. Now, here's another area. Do you work on the, do you do the hyoid jiggle? Do you ever jiggle hyoids? I do not. <laughs> Why not? I, because I think it's something we may have learned in school that I fo- forgot completely about, and now I'm being reminded. Well, I don't know if I was teaching it back then, and we teach it in, the, in certain classes, but not in the general classes, so... The hyoid. Now, we, of course, we can't get our I hands know we on it. That. It's it's way yeah. up high, mm-hmm. you know. So you, can, I'm not really saying we can get a hold of it, uh, but it to go up underneath the mandible, and again, not using your fingertips because that can be threatening, but just to jiggle the trachea back and forth. It makes a little nice little noise in there, like balsa wood. And when you don't hear any noise in there, you know that you've got a lot of tight situa- a tight situation there. And that's going to take some time to there soften. Is, yeah. Those, it takes a minute, but then you should hear movement in there. And when you don't, boy, that person really has some tight muscles. So we want to do that. And then, and then, and only then, uh, well, no. That Sometimes I like... For, that might be good for an anxiety attack. You know, you know what? It, loosen what that it, up right in Yeah, there. if you're not choking the person. You know, right. if you just knock them with your open hand. Or for yourself, you know. Oh, I'm having anxiety. And then, this is speaking of anxiety, because some, this can pr- be anxiety-producing in some individuals, I also kind of knock on the chest a couple of times, mm-hmm. here and there. And that keeps the person from getting too anxious, mm-hmm. okay? So you just kind of tap on the thymus there. Do you, oh, you asked, do you find that people like, do you, find, do you do the interoral work to get it over with at the beginning and then do nice, or do you get them all softened up and relaxed and then do it? No, I soften everything around them and I usually make that the last thing I do mm-hmm. because um, I, in my theory I like to work the forearms again and the triceps right. and the biceps and the shoulders and then work everything in the back and the neck and then anything I can reach in the front and um, definitely the head. I do a lot of work on the head, the masseter, all the muscles and the, and the temple and even squeezing eyebrows, so and the little acupressure points next to your noses. I work everything, and then if um, we haven't seen much relief, or then I'll go in there and finish off with the intraoral, and then of course, nice a little bit of nice after that. But I find that um, yeah, people are too. Yeah, okay, you like this? Too scared? Like a little, like a little jackhammer. Yeah, a mini jackhammer. That's nice. It, but you know what it does? It penetrates. You know, it's like an ultrasound. Yeah, and it penetrates the bones and hits the back of the, the deep bones we can't get to, and then vibrates back out, just like an ultrasound machine. Because it's a natural ultrasound. <laughs> you know, we love natural ultrasound. Natural. It's all natural. Vibration. No machines. It's vibration. This is the machine right here. <laughs> Little woodpecker. You know, it's fast, but it's soft. Yeah. And I've used that a lot in mm-hmm. working with trauma situations because you've got to get there, but you can't press deep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's counterproductive and painful and scary. So another fun thing I learned in orthobiotomy, one of the orthobiotomy classes I've taken, and um, we could, um, you can just gently, you lay your light fingers on a person's eyes and you can press back directly back to the back of the skull and you can feel tension you feel which one is which one is most resistant and you press back and then you figure out which one's most resistant and then you press them both down at the same time making them even until you feel oh, yeah, the feel tension 
disappear in the first one. It starts to let go. Oh, wow. And you definitely, of course, and then the fun thing is, is you can do that also with, you push the eyeballs down, you push them inwards, you can push them upwards, and you can push them out, or, uh, you know, go to the left, and then to the left, and to the right, and um, always, again, staying with it until you can feel that you'll feel the eye let go. And that eye is attached to the ocular nerve. And it's also something very good for migraines. And people are always staring at the computer. That we're always staring at some kind of screen. Yeah. And it's there's a lot of tension that happens in that area that I think is also helpful to address. It's a part of self-care. When you send Mm -hmm. your client home, Mm -hmm. you can show them these types of things. Mm -hmm. You know, if you uh, make a conscious decision to relax your jaw and your eyes will help you fall asleep. But how many people, you know, are Mm -hmm. up just because they have too much tension to allow them to get to the deep relaxation Mm -hmm. you need to fall off? Well, you know, it's and it all comes down to we we have to find moments of silence because i know i realized the other day that i am so and i'm not watching tv i'm on the computer a lot but even just driving in the car with the radio or anytime you get on a website or anytime and i'm always googling something anytime you're driving down the road we're bombarded with what we should be doing what we should be buying and um, noise and generally noise. noise yeah yeah and i think if we can Tell every one of our clients, you know, make another card, put next to their bed, and they're going to have all these cards from you saying, relax, breathe, do all these things. But I think um, letting that, all that information go um, is very important. And then they can start there and go, wow, and check in with themselves, do their facial massage. Of course, that's in a perfect world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So do we have a tip of the day? Yeah, well... Or do you have anything left to say about the TMJ? Yeah, yeah, no, not really. Just so. that we're going to post this... Um, PowerPoint oh, that yeah. we have That's here on the uh, on our website. So if you want a closer look at the massagepodcast.com. Uh, the, yeah, and the protocol will be on there for, uh, and there's contact information on our website if you want to get in touch with me about any. I'm more than happy to talk about any cases that that may come up uh, that you're maybe struggling with or have questions about. So the tip of the week, I had a couple of things that I written down here. One was to teach your clients. Um, is actually going to help you in the long run. So the tip of the week is client education. Don't forget how valuable it is, not just for your client, but also for you. Make your job easier if they, it's like um, maintenance during the week. That's that's the best uh, tip Educate I can think Educate your clients, of. keep yourselves educated. That's right. Yep. So we want to thank you for listening and we will be back in two weeks, two weeks. April 14th. Please check our website, massagepodcast.com, for our next guest. I'm sure we'll come up with someone fabulous. Oh, yeah. And if you need to contact us, find us, find our contact page, shoot us an email, and you can have, uh, if you need to leave a voicemail or a text message, please do so at 303-656-9860. Follow us always on Facebook and Twitter. There's always something you can tell what's going on on those places. And we'd like to thank you for listening for those of you for those of you who have tuned in to us and we hope you found this episode useful. I know I did. I always learn something in our episodes and have a wonderful, peaceful, prosperous week.